Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha Cook and a World of Ink special. And a good story is a good story. And we have two great guests, Kelly Abel and Marianne Morier. We're going to have a great discussion because these are two women that have a lot of books and a lot of success, and they have a lot to talk about. So we're going to do that in a minute. I'm going to also say that my um, World of Ink special that we hear before the show, I'm going to change it. I have to change it already because I'm listening to it, and it needs to go. I've heard it so many times. So, I, you know, and I think, you know, that's a good thing now with the audios uh, and the ACX. Now I found some people that um, will be doing some commercials. <coughs> and so people should look into that, the people that do the audios they um, will probably want to do like maybe intros or something like that for people and with a great voice. So um, I actually have a, um, Sasha White who has done my uh, Guilty Pleasures and um, Nothing Lasts Forever. She's going to do a, you know, a little commercial for me. And I just had Love Changes picked up by um, Kevin Iggins, and it's it's – I'm really happy with it, and we can talk about that at a later time, but I think the audio books uh, are a great way to go. So um, if people are looking for a new outlet, I think if you, read the, if, you listen, if you read a book or listen to the audio, either are good, but something about an audio, I feel, is that you really get right into the story, and it's kind of relaxing. And, you know, those of you who haven't tried it, Audibles is a great way to go, and uh, so many authors now have Audibles out there. So check them out because it's really good. And, okay, let, let's see. Okay, next week is uh, Romance Month starting, and Melissa Kier will be on with um, three or four of her authors, and uh, she's from Inkspell. She's, she hasn't been on a long time, but she used to be on a lot more. So um, we're going to bring more romance shows, And uh, but tonight's show we have two authors that do a little bit of a lot of things, and they are both very successful. So that's why we want their opinions. And this discussion tonight will be all three of us, and everybody can uh, ask each other questions if they want. So it will be more fun that way. Because sometimes if we're not in the same room, you don't actually know if somebody wants to ask questions. So this is an open discussion that should be fun. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hi, Marcia. Sure. Thank you for having us. <laughs> This should be fun. All right, so all right, Kelly, you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then Marianne will do it, and then we'll okay. go into a discussion. All right. Well, Marcia, thanks for having me. I oh, really appreciate it. It's been, been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. It has been a while. I am a multi-genre author. I write um, romance in various sub-genres like paranormal and contemporary. Um, I also write thrillers and young adult so I'm kind of all over the all over the map I'm one of those that write what comes to me and that's you know just how it goes but I like to write intriguing characters and page turning plots so that's kind of my focus when I actually get into writing a book I'm currently working on a um, civil war historical fiction uh, adventure which has been a real challenge so I'm really it's you know, a big undertaking it is a huge it's, undertaking it's been huge it's been huge yeah. <laughs> but I'm really enjoying it so it's been a real challenge so I'm happy that's about a good it. thing I know yeah that's fun <laughs> uh, you two know each other you two know each other and that's a good thing uh Marianne tell us a little bit about yourself you've been on also before so go ahead 
Hi. Uh, Hi. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. you're welcome. Kisses, kisses, Kelly. I've seen you in <laughs> yeah. forever, and but but you know, <laughs> Kelly and I have known each other for a long time, and long uh, time. I respect her both as a woman and as a business person and as an author. She's a terrific friend and terrific writer. Yes. So, um, and um, let me know when this Civil War uh, thing comes out because it's right up my alley. You know how much I love history and research. Absolutely, so, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I also, <laughs> I also am. Uh, a multi-genre author. I uh, write uh, mostly supernatural suspense and um, urban fantasy. Uh, sometimes there's a little there's uh, dabs of paranormal romance in there as well, but it's mostly it's mostly uh, more suspense driven, plot driven. Uh, with my main series, um, I do also have uh, I do write YA, but it's upper YA. It's teen. I have a legend series, so. I, I know exactly what Kelly's talking about when she says that uh, there's a lot of research and it's quite an undertaking to do Civil War because um, book two in my Legend series, uh, which is called Time Turner, was actually a time travel-based book that took place uh, during the Revolutionary War, the American Revolutionary War. So it was was quite uh, quite a lot of research being done there. So, um, but uh, I write what I, I write what comes to me, just like Kelly said. Um, right now, I'm involved in writing a lot of uh, Kindle World exclusive books um, in uh, Millie Tatum's worlds, the um, Sassy Ever After and um, uh, 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 Paranormal Dating Agency, and it's been a it's been a, a, a lot of fun. It's it's a it's a it was a a real experience learning how to write a novella, a good novella, because mm-hmm. you don't have the luxury of writing you know, a, a, a long plot and or, you know, and putting twists in, in, or giving a lot of character depth because it's so short. And I think I've, I've done a pretty decent job. Most so far all of, the, uh, all of the reviews seem to be good and people seem to like it because I just can't write fluff. You know, I, I, things kind of seem to go dark for me. <laughs> so. Novellas are great. You know, I do, uh, well, I should probably, I'm an author also and a screenwriter, and uh, I like novellas. And I think that novellas have a good chance of, hitting someone the right way to maybe make a movie because they're not going to read 400 pages, but they will n- read a novella in Hollywood. Oh, well, so, that's, um, good. Yeah. that's good to know. A, yeah, it, <laughs> yes, is, it well, is good to know. Yeah. Like to and, right, people like novellas, too. Yeah, It's a big well, genre. That, that actually brings us to the to, to what we were talking about just before we right. went live, um, right. with what people like. And, and, you know, we were discussing that there's really no right or wrong answer, that it, it's really as diverse as the reading population is. But um, it seems to be, you know, and it's funny because I've done some research asking online and so forth, and uh, the first time I asked the question was when you uh, first contacted me about doing the show, and right. I want to know what readers really wanted. And the first 20 responses I got from that post were that they wanted a good deep story, um, you know, and they, you know, with adventure and suspense and 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 a wonderful plots, mystery and and so forth. And then I thought to myself, well, really, if you want longer stories with deep, you know, with with deep engrossing plot lines and so forth, then why is it that it's the the novellas, the the the, the ones that that are quick, easy and dirty that are, are the ones that are bringing in all the sales? You know, and I and the answers that people were giving me was because people are so pressed for time now that they don't yeah. have the time to become invested in um, in the, these in longer stories that take time and take thought, and that you might have you might have to put it down because life gets in the way, and then they have to go back and they have to reread and uh, you know a chapter or two to get back up to speed in the book, and they just don't have the time or the inclination anymore. They want something that's quick. They want something that's fast. And they want something that's titillating. So you know, it's been a, it's been quite an quite a lesson and quite an adventure because I'm the type of author, and Kelly is also um, because I've read her work and it's it's very it's it's very plot driven and it's you know she takes a lot of time to give her characters depth like I do, and it's very hard mm-hmm. for authors like us who like that kind of that, that kind of work and who write that kind of work to be able to go to the dark side, so to speak. Yeah. Kelly, what do well, you think? Those are really challenging. I think yeah. that um, I think you're right, Marianne, and and you you do write deep deep characters. I really I've always enjoyed your books because of of that, and it's it's hard to do that in a novella. Um, oh, it's very right. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. You can do it, but but you know what cracks me up about folks who enjoy reading novellas is anytime I've ever written a novella, the reviews I get are it's too short. 
what? Well, that's what happens. That's what happens with the short story. So, you, as Kelly knows, what I did was I had a lot of I have a lot of authors on the show that do short stories. So I figured, well, okay, I'll try a short story. So I tried a, a short story, and then they wanted more. So I did another one and another one, and then I put them together. And then now people are going like, oh, they're, well, they're too short. And but if you if they see how many pages. There are when before they read the mm-hmm. book, so it it shouldn't be that much of a shock, but it is to people. So I think I don't know how that works lately because I do know so many people that write short stories, but I also know that people want them longer, but then they do like the lunchtime reads that are fast. So I this is the this is why what you said is right, Marianne. There's no answer to this. You know, it, it we could all well, go crazy trying to think of answers. Yeah, yeah, it's as diverse as the marketplace, and and I think you know you just need to write what you what you're what you're drawn to write, and right. make it the best it can be, and develop yeah. your craft to be the best it can be, and people will like your work or they won't, right. you know. So I think everybody, you know, Marianne has her fan base, I have mine, and right. you know if I tend to you know stray too far, some will follow, some won't you know, to a different genre that doesn't interest them. I have a lot of paranormal fans that won't read my contemporary stuff and, and the other way around. So, you know, I think the challenge for us as authors trying to market is hitting that vein because yeah, there's so yeah. many veins, to hit, you know, and it's finding that one place where, you know, you can just really latch on to a bunch of readers and, that's what I really enjoy doing. I think you know, more so than the financial aspect of writing, that's not really what it's about. Yeah, but you know me. what the hard really part is, not- though? But, you know, it's like if you're writing a short story and then you go to do a longer story, the problem is, which I, I can't do, and I'm a very fast-paced person, as we all know, and I, I come up with a lot of ideas, I do a lot of things. However, I, I don't write that fast because I'm pretty fussy about, you know, my characters and what they say. Mm-hmm. But... That's the problem because there are people that write a book so fast that that's how they keep their readers, you know, wanting more. But if it takes time, the way the market goes now, it's like they almost don't want to wait for the next movie. I mean, not movie, the next story. I'm sorry to say movie. But they're used to, you know, they want it to be out, and we can't write that fast, you know, because you want it to be everything fit. Well, I think that's that's a very, very good point. That's a very, very good point because I have um, author friends of mine who they strive to put out a book a month, and I, I they and, and they they burn themselves out very, very quickly. And um, yeah. you know, and you know, their readership is voracious, which is wonderful. Um, but at yeah. the same time, when you're right, when you have to put out a book a month, unless you're taking six months off to just or a year off to just write and, and give yourself right, this, right. you know, this back backlog of stories that you can re- that you can release while you're writing everything else you know the next b- batch of stories it um it becomes a, a a like you're chasing your tail and sometimes you don't you don't even realize what you're writing and because you become like a you know uh, a right right, right. It just, it, your muse just just implodes because it's like how much mm-hmm. how, how much how much can you can you stress it you know before before you need exactly. it. You hit rock bottom, really. Well, you know, so. uh, Kelly mentioned to me about uh, Drive 2, okay, and um, I went on Drive 2 and I put all my books on there because they're pretty lenient about where you are. They don't care where you are and what, you know, they will format, they'll help you, but I think the problem, the reason I'm happy with that is I'm trying to do things because Amazon, it seems to me they pit each, it's like if you do, if your numbers are a certain way, people, or you don't have that many reviews, it's like people aren't that interested. It is really hard to get 100 reviews, you know, and I, I'm, I feel bad for, that I did something, but I can't help it. What I did is I didn't ask people for reviews at the beginning. I hated it. And so, you know, I, I don't have as many reviews as I should have. I You know, I gave books as gifts or whatever, and then I didn't really go into the fact of how many reviews you need. And I've listened to webinars, and they were talking about the drive to, and they were talking about everything else, but they were saying that it, it, it was bookish that had the uh, webinar. It was really good. But they were saying, you know, you need a lot of reviews, and that is really hard. I don't trade reviews, and that's what a lot of people do. So I think that everything is kind of out of whack, and I hope it goes back to some sort of a, a normal. I don't think this is normal for writing. I think it's, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. It seems like 
you know, everything is in such a rush that nobody cares like they used to. And you you want to write a good story. And you well, don't I, want to keep looking at your numbers. I think I think the problem is that Marsha 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 it is the new norm that 20 yeah. years ago we didn't have e-readers. People went and they browsed I books know. and they, we they didn't were have able them 10 to, years ago. We to, didn't have them 10 years hold, ago. They were able to hold the book in their hand. They were able to look at the cover. Right. They were able to turn it over, read the little blurb about the story, you know, maybe flip yep. through, read it, read a couple of paragraphs in the first chapter. And if it grabbed them that they wanted to read the next couple of paragraphs, then they went to the cash register and they bought it. And, you yep. know, yes, Yes, in you know when it comes to looking at a, at an ebook, you can do the 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 peek inside, you know, the look inside, and you can read the sample, you can download the sample, and so forth. But I think a part of the problem, as us, you know, where we are right now in the industry, is that we are we have created a culture of reader. Not everybody. I don't want to I don't want to put everybody under the same umbrella because I have a street team of fans who are so supportive, and I'm giving them a shout-out because some of them are listening tonight, tonight and, and my, my street team is called right, the Red Veil. Right, exactly. And, There's no right, you know, right. It's not I, one per, love, right. It's different groups. I love every single one of them. But, that, you know, but we have created a culture of readers who um, will not purchase a book at a full price because there's so many – that are offered for free or for 99 cents. And, yes, we all want to have lost leaders. We all do that marketing thing where we give the first book in a series out for free, hoping that they'll love it, they'll, 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 they'll want the rest, and they'll buy the rest of them. But, you know, do you remember when you sent books into a publisher back in the day? You know, if you didn't have an agent behind you, it went into a slush pile. And the slush pile was basically in there were, were gems and in there were, you know, they, but they had to, the, to uh sort through them and, you know, slush through them and so forth. Well, now I think a lot of the freebies that are on Amazon and on on Barnes & Noble and so forth, a lot of them where there are some gems in there, it's a giant slush pile, and I think a lot of readers would rather just go through there and take their time, pick through. If they don't like it, it didn't cost them anything because it was free, as opposed to buying a book and taking a chance on a new voice. You know, and you know, so it's it's a catch twenty two because, like I said, it's not everybody. It's not, but there it, we are. We are create. We have created a culture with ninety nine cent books, especially the bundles. And I know it's a big pet peeve of mine, and, and so forth. Where um, it's you know, people are hoping and praying when they when they put their book into a bundle that if they're gonna they're gonna hit. A, a good vein where people with, with with readers who are really interested in finding new voices, but most times it falls flat, and and you know it doesn't it doesn't work that way, you know. So there really is no there really really is no right answer. But I well, I, Kelly I really, Kelly, you're in a bundle now, and you're you like it. So you want to talk a little bit about how you feel about the bundles? Sure. Um, you know, I think for me, and I can only speak for, for me and, and this particular experience, I was invited to join this group, um, and the name of the book is Stoking the Flames. It's 13 stories by 13 best-selling authors, some USA Today, some New York Times, and some not. Um, but what I, the reason I did it was to open up um, that world of readers, you know, to, to be able to get exposure to readers that read these other authors and may, you know, read mine and, and enjoy mine as well. And based on pre-orders and based on the marketing and the reaction, you know, that we have had so far, it's, it's done phenomenally well. And, you know, on our release day today, it's doing fantastic and, and we're, we're very happy with it. And the reason why, like I say, I did it, yes, it's it's priced at 99 cents, and, and yes, does, does that kind of – I don't think it demeans the work that we do as authors. Oh, no, I don't I think, think so either. I don't either. No, I, I don't either. I no, think what no. that does is, is it, again, kind of offers – because it's only going to be out there for 90 days. It's not like it's going to stay out there forever. So it's a short-term, you know, grab it while you can – kind of a situation and it was what I loved about it was meeting the other authors that was that was one big thing because I've got right. some yeah. very very good friends. and for those who are listening you know big shout out to the authors of Stoking of Stoking the Flames because I mean, they're in their own release party right now so probably <laughs> they're all hung up in that <laughs> but, um, yeah. it's it's been a lot of fun meeting them the challenge the story was a challenge for me it was a, it's a paranormal it's all they're all dragon shifters 
And I have never done a drag and shifter, so that was a real challenge. Plus, basically what I wanted to do is I, I thought, well, I'll get into this, you know, I, I've got a story I can kind of repurpose and jump into this bundle and it'll be easy. You know, it'll be something that, you know, I can just do and forget about it. Holy crap. It did not work out that way at all. That story was <laughs> to repurpose. And because my, my female, she, I have a hero and a heroine. They're actually married, which is very rare. You know, usually you've got, you know, the, the sexual tension and all that kind of stuff. And I don't write the real, real steamy stuff. I'll admit it. I have sex scenes and, you know, they're they're hot and they're spicy at times, but that's not the purpose of what I do. I'm not an erotica writer. So this couple is married, and in the original story, she was a, a different type of shifter. So to take her from what she was and turn her into a dragon was a real challenge. And, and to try to figure out, okay, she's cursed, and she's forced to live as a dragon through a cur- curse from a dark witch, and I'm thinking, okay, but wouldn't it be cool if once she's not under this curse that she could she could stay connected to her dragon spirit and still shift into a dragon? So trying to figure out how to make that happen was, was a real challenge. So for me, being in this bundle, it was a lot more than um, how than, many words you know, were how many words did you have to have for that? Was there a limit? It could be, it, it, we had to have at least. Um, let me think a minute. I think it had to be at least uh I think it had to be at least twenty five thousand words, but yeah. most of them were more than that. Um I think so mine no- ended up being So it's a novella. Yeah, it's a novella. Yeah, they're all novellas. They're not yeah. they're not they're, some of them are a little bit longer. They're kind of, they could be border novel, but most of them are yeah, the, sassy, the sassy books that I've been writing um, in, for Kindle World exclusive for Sassy Ever After have been averaging between thirty-five and forty thousand words, um, and yeah, you know, and I like can I can I can do one of those in a month at the very you know, and 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 in that month right. have time for have time for uh, for editing, you know. And right. that it's been a, and I agree, Kelly. It's really hard. Yeah, cool. to, I'd love to get involved in one of those Kindle Worlds. I think oh, I there, think that would it, be. If you can be invited to. into a launch by the by the by whatever author is in there, if you can contact them and be invited into a launch, um, you know there's a bonus involved in that that comes from Amazon. But you know the marketing comes from Amazon, and you know obviously you have to do your own as well. But it's it's really an experience because um, you know the work is yours, the characters are yours. Um, you know, your name's on it, the characters you develop, you get to keep. The only thing you don't get to keep is the world because it belongs to the author that, that is licensed by the, you know, for right. the Kindle world. But it's, um, but it's been a real, it's been a real challenge for me to, to, to train my brain to write as far, you know, write the way you have to for a novella, to, to give it enough punch for it to be a, a compelling story with a mm-hmm. compelling plot that you know even even though it's, it's almost like you have to give, give your characters you have to drop them into the middle of their story you know and pick it up from a specific point of view and I have two that are out right now one is called Sass Master the other one is called Slave to Your Sass and then the third one is going to be coming out in the the May the May fifth uh, or May first uh, release and that's going to be called Sass in the City and um, you know. My characters all have known the, the, their their significant other at some point in their life, and then now are kind of thrown back together again. So there's a backstory that you can tap into without having to give it full you know full court press. And it, right. it's been it's been a lot of fun. And you know I've I've I've, I've incorporated um, my my whole history with with you know witches and so forth into it as well. My experiences with that. And and made you know and, and and combine that with shifters you know so they're hooking up with shifters and and uh, you know of course they're they're sassy so there's they, you know they're very very spicy there's a lot of sex unlike Kelly I do write sex and I, yeah. a lot of sex <laughs> and I you yeah. it, it's been a lot of it's been a, it's been fun pushing the envelope it has but I mean so now that I've now that I've kind of schooled myself in writing these novellas I've actually pulled my Red Veil Diaries novellas off uh, off ebook 
and I am reworking them because, like I said before, my work tends to be very dark and very emotional roller coaster ish. You know, and since the Red Veil Diaries was an offshoot of my Cursed by Blood series, which, like Kelly was saying, is very, very detailed, very plot oriented, very, and, and does get into some dark. Dark, you know, some dark places. You know, it, they were a little bit dark, and I had them beta read. And one of the beta readers came back to me and said, you know, I kept waiting for the humor to break the to, to break the, the the intensity. I kept waiting for something funny to break the intensity, and it didn't come. And and at one point, she had to put the book down. And you know, this is a this is a beta reader that I I absolutely trust. And so that was what put the bug in my head to do this. And I am you know, so I've I've pulled them and I'm going to rework them so that they are a little bit lighter. You know, because you know you don't want somebody to be so upset with your with your writing that they have to put it down. You don't want them to put it down. No, right. right. So I try to I try to usually inject humor into at least one character, and you know, because it does, I think, kind of you know break the tension sometimes if there's you know a lot of even sexual tension or just intensity between you know if the relationships get to a point where you're just about ready to go over the edge and somebody just says something really snarky, you know, it it can really break that tension and, and you know give the reader and i think you know what and, and it, it is hard to write that way because I, I i do write romantic comedies but before i did romantic comedies i always would thinking you know would be thinking well you know if it's a sad situation or something is happening how can i bring humor into it and that does take time but once you get it to be able mm-hmm. to do that you can you know because it's almost like real life is like this you know i right. mean one minute you could be laughing the next minute you're crying you know life right. happens so right. it's like, yeah. you know, but it is hard to write comedy, you know, um, at all. And so and when you have to interject it, you know, it, because you don't want it to feel like you just put it in. That's the other right. thing, you know. No, it has, right. to, it has to be organic. It and definitely that, right. Like, organic. like sometimes with the sex scenes, I, I at the very beginning of my, like I think seven years ago when I did my first started shows, I had some erotic authors on and I had really no idea about that market at all then. And so somebody was on, and uh, she doesn't do it anymore, but she was talking about the fact that what she does is instead of closing the door in the bedroom, she leaves it open, you know, and that's how she perceives it when she writes sex scenes, you know, because it's not for everybody, you know. So that's the thing. Sometimes people say, like, oh, I'll try this, but maybe it's not for them. So my suggestion is, you know, like what both of you have said, to enjoy what you're doing because if you don't, it's not fun anymore, and that's the whole thing about this. If you don't have fun well, while you're writing, even in a sad story, you you should like what you you know your characters and have some emotion, you know, feeling when you're doing it, not just put it out. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, people ask me, you know, well, do you really love when you kill off a character? You know, or the same thing, or do you get do you get all hot and bothered when you're writing a sex scene? I mean, do you, does your husband benefit from it? You know, and I, you know, I laugh. I tell my husband I should put him on the books because he's research. Yeah. But, but, if, but um, the, the 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 answer to that question is every author is completely vested in their in their uh, in their characters. I mean, we yeah. love them. We we we've given mm-hmm. birth to them. We bleed for them. And when we have to kill off a character, even if it's somebody that we no has to die and is so bad, you know, such a villain yeah. that he has to die in order to, you know, to to, to vindicate the, the, the heroine or the hero or whatever, just to bring closure to something. Um, it's, a, it's a very emotional, it's an emotional moment when you kill off a character, mm-hmm. especially if it's a character that, you're, that your fans don't want you to kill off. I have yeah. a... I have yeah. a I had a couple of fans that weren't happy with me with my book Twice Cursed because there was a twist in that at the end where somebody that everybody absolutely loved turned out to be somebody that they shouldn't have. And, you know, it, it got a, it, it. Twice Cursed actually got a very good review from Publishers Weekly with that twist in it. And yeah. I was, you know, so I was, it, it, as much as I hated having to kill off this character, awesome. it was. It was worth it because. Well, it I do made think people story. like twists. I think a twist is always something. You know, even when you're watching certain things on TV or in the movie, when there's a twist, you go, "Oh, I didn't see that coming." And you know, as right. authors, you mm-hmm. know, we all see a lot most of this coming. Except, you know, sometimes I hate when I'm watching something. I already know what's going to happen. But when it's really a good twist, you go, "Oh, this is good." <laughs> I didn't yeah. you know, because we try to figure. You know, while we're watching movies and TV, we can't help ourselves. 
you're trying to figure out what's going to happen, you know, and when you don't, that's really fun. So what and I started mm-hmm. to do, and I think, I think maybe, Kelly, you, you would probably, probably just think that this is a good idea too, is that to satisfy that inner junkie that we have that wants these longer, more intense, uh, uh, detailed books that have twists and, and, and lots and lots of character depth and so forth, and you know to balance it with the novellas that we're writing that are faster and and, and easier to read and so forth. You know the the, the, the lunchtime reads as as Marcia said. I have decided that I am going to allow myself to write two books a year that I absolutely love that take all my time to, 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 to research and do really, really well the way I would want to pick up a book and then do everything else in between to, yeah. you know, to, to, to satisfy the, the, the quick and the dirty, you know, that we need. It sounds like a, a Clint Eastwood movie, the quick and the dirty. Being not heavily into, well, I don't want to, how to, I don't know how to put this. I guess, I think if you're a good author and you you do a good job writing a story and you have a, a fan base, they'll wait for you. You know, they they may push you, you know, and say, "Hey, I want it, I want this, I want it, I want it now," but they'll wait and yeah. they won't yeah, abandon hope, you. Hopefully, yes. You know? And so I think feeling this pressure to do this one a month thing is. I don't feel that because oh, I, I would I rather put out something. Do uh, no, I don't feel that either. Quality, you know, I would rather spend the time making the book the best it can be, whether yeah. it's short or long. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and I've had that fear. I've I've had that you know insecurity that oh gosh, if I don't release something, you know, in the next two months, they're going to forget about me. No, they won't. Yeah. Because you no, have your you know, it's true. Like, it is when I when I started, I was listening to uh, you know, I'm a like, queen of the webinars. I listen to a lot of them. You know, I do like to listen to it because mm-hmm. I like to learn new things. So I was listening to, um, about a year and a half ago. I'm listening to a webinar. It's on erotic writing in books, and it's no secret that I have already said a million times. It I enjoy writing it, but uh, Kelly knows I go through this all the time. Should I write this word? Should I not write this word? But anyway, I said, oh, I can do this really fast. Okay, so I thought, well, okay. So I started to do it, and then I realized I can't do it very fast because I'm so involved in the characters, and I'm trying to, you know, it's more of it was more making the story right to fit the, you know, whatever was happening. So I mean, right? I agree with you on that. You, if you feel that you need more. You know, because I always say, oh, it won't take me too long, and that's like four months later. I go, like, what happened here? But, you know, because you you want it to be the best it can be, and if you're reading something and you're a writer, you know if something's wrong and it doesn't work out right, you know. And we're hard yeah. on ourselves, I'm sure. But if I'm not – even when I was doing screenplays, when I – that's how I learned how to write novellas, and I can write short because I do that, because you have to edit yourself out in screenplays, and I have t- 12 screenplays. So, yes, I learned how to do that. But you know, well, I mean, helps you a lot. oh yeah, it I does help because I, but I'm not as descriptive, and it's, yeah, I'm not as descriptive as I need to be. But uh, my stories are usually pretty fast-paced for that because I I compensate for that, you know, because I'm not mm-hmm. that descriptive. But you know, when you're writing, you know, historical or whatever, you have to be descriptive. You know, people want to know everything that's going on. That's when I have, you know, Kelly, you right. were on a show with Lee Michaels, and Lee Michaels has done. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, 200 books or whatever, and she wrote for Harlequin and whatever. But and she's very descriptive, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah. you have to be, you know, you for do. that type of it's, writing. I think historical readers expect a certain level, and and they'll they'll correct you. You know, I mean, they they yeah. know their stuff, and particularly because this is not what I'm working on is not it has romantic element, but it's not a historical romance. It's a historical adventure. So, and, and, you know, it's kind of like gone with the wind on steroids and, you know, (laughs) know, there's so many things happening and it's only basically four characters, but what they go through and it's based on a true story. So I've got to get it right. You know, I've got to spend the time in the research, digging and scratching and making sure that I get all of the elements about the true characters, the historical characters Accurate. Now, that doesn't mean I can't take fictional license, you know, and make things happen to them that maybe didn't happen, or we don't know oh, whether it happened. Or, of course. You know, that's, yeah, the whole, that's, that's the whole thing about writing, right. 
That's the fun and of fictionalizing works. history, you know, without without mm-hmm. changing too too much. You know, I mean, it's you can right. fictionalize right. history without changing yeah. things that are hard and fast facts. Like I can't, I can't. Well, I, I, you can't ever say that, you know. Well, the, we didn't win the American Revolution. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, you right. can't. You, know, you could do you could do an alternate. Well, you could do an alternate. The old John John Jake's novels, you know, The Bastard, The Rebels, North right. and South, right. you know, he was fabulous with yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. he would take real historical characters and we are real historical people and weave in fictional characters that knew these people. Yeah, yeah which was, I, yeah. you know, what was so cool about that. So that's what I'm trying to do with, with this particular story. But Well, if, if you need a, if you need a... If you need a clean reader to help you, you still remember the one thing that it's fiction. You know, like when I wrote my Sailor uh, to Life, she was it was um, mm-hmm. a Holocaust survivor. You know, when people wrote in a review they didn't like something she did, I, you know, which I've mentioned many times on my show. You, this is her life. I wrote her story, not my right. story. There were things right. I really wanted to do differently. She didn't want it that way, and I wrote the whole story, not hers, but I wrote it exactly as she told it, and that's her story. And a lot of Holocaust survivors that had stories out there, they all see it one way, their way. They don't see right. it the other way because they were involved in it. So when a when a, someone that's revealing it says they didn't like what she did with her personal life, that well, there's nothing you could do about that. I mean, that's her life. So right. I mean, mm-hmm. but when you are writing fiction, you do have a license. You can change it a little or do something. Twerk, you know, you can do something, but you can't do that when it's like a nonfiction because that's the way the story went. Right. You well, know, like I, fictionalized, I fictionalized Alexander Hamilton. And I, you know, I, well, I didn't fictionalize him. I fictionalized characters around him. Um, right. When I was researching, mm-hmm. when I was researching Time Turner, which is the second book in my Legend series, which is my upper teen, um, it is very historical uh, and 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 very entrenched. Um, I had to go and do tons and tons of research about that um, because my character is the main character from the first book. Her name is Rowan, and she's a witch. Um, she gets thrown back in time to 1737. I'm sorry, 1780. And uh, she, you know, she is integral in outing uh, 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 the whole plot to sell West Point to the British, you know, with, uh, you know, Benedict Arnold. And because Alexander Hamilton was involved in that as, you know, not the plot, but he was involved in that whole area, you know, where, where, you know, back and forth with Washington and so forth. I, I created a little bit of a love story that happened before he ended up with his wife, Elizabeth Schuler, And, uh, and the reason why I did it, it, it that way, and I was able to, to do it with a time with a, a time travel kind of motif, was because there is that women were used as spies in the Culper uh, spy network, and you know a lot of people don't realize that there was Anna Strong on Long Island, and she used to hang out a black petticoat every any time that there was going to be uh, you know something happening, and uh-huh. she would hang out a number of handkerchiefs on her line to give them a, wow. to give them a, a, you know the um, information as to where the meeting was going to be taking place. And uh, you know, I, there was, and there was a, a spot. There's a female. Maybe they had, had to try that now with the way things are yeah. going. Where's the meeting? Yeah. So I mean, the, the, you know, so you you yeah. fictionalizing characters are terrific. I mean, and, and especially if there's somebody that you you can send back because there's a. Uh, a female spy to this day that they don't know who it was, and she's just known as 335 because that's, that was the code number that they used for them. And I, that's how I had my, my gal go back in time because they figured if they don't know who she is, well, maybe it's because she didn't belong there in the first place. Right. And she was able to, you know, to infiltrate and to, you know, to help steer things towards the way history was supposed to go as opposed to it going a different way. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun to write, but, man, was it a hard road to hoe when it came to research. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah, and, but I, I loved it, and I would never – I wouldn't change one thing about the time I put into researching that book because it's, it's, it's one – that the whole Legend series, even though it's teen and, it's, you, know, and it, it, you know, the characters are 17, 18 years old um, – to me, the, those are like the, the feathers in my crown, uh, my writer's crown. I absolutely adore those stories because they're, 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 they, they can appeal to both, both adults as well as, as uh, the teenagers. And that's a good thing. That's well, a really that's good market. Yeah. Right. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and there, you know, that's why people like them. That's why certain stories might be movies that turn into that because I do think now the market goes where they want the kids and the parents to, you know, be enjoying 
some a film together or thing you know I, because mm-hmm. you know there's such a the market is so open now with so many different things but well, it is nice when people can but people can I go with their con- kids I just sent a contract out to um a a, a gal to do the um the audio books you know for the legend series so uh-huh. we're going to you know we get that we're going to get that going so hopefully the first book will be out by the beginning of June uh, Hollow's End which is the first book in that series will be out in audio on, is, is it on audible yeah on audible through yeah. ACX yeah. and uh i i can't wait when she sent me when she sent me her her uh, her audition I, yeah. I i nearly cried because she was Rowan's voice she was because yeah. you know I, I wrote everything in first person and she was mm-hmm. Rowan's voice and I, I yeah in first person for that's a toughie right yeah. in the video in the audio yeah in the audio that's yeah it's good I mean I love audio books I think it's really important you know uh, I I don't think the market is quite where it should be yet for it but I hope it will be get getting better but I do think audibles it is expensive though to have memberships for people that's one of the problems yeah, yeah. fourteen ninety nine a month I think is what what I pay. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do too. But you know, the author's paper um, books too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I but I I know you know. And the problem is, a lot of people they don't you know, which I mentioned you know many times on the, you know with the audibles and with a lot of times and with Smashwords, you know, we take it for granted that people know how to get to these things and understand how to do these things. But it's not that easy all the time. That's why they go on Amazon for something easy, and then they don't move around to other places because they're not sure how to do things you know and but you have to be in more than just amazon because the markets are they're huge all over but i think that that's just coming into place i sell more on barnes and noble than i do on amazon really see i'm just the opposite the the nook readers are you know it's it's been nuts it's been really crazy um, Apple is beginning to pick up. It's not um, where I'd like it to be, but you know, I think. It, Did you put all really your books on Drive Two? Did you put everything on Drive Two? Are you talking about Draft to Digital? Is that the one Dra- you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the Draft Two. Yeah. Yeah, because that goes right to Nook I, well, I in an easy way, in a very easy yeah. way. I they get it. Heard. I don't even know how they do it so fast. They do it in like two, one day or something. I they did put it try right them, in. and I do like them. My problem was I already had the books on Smashwords. They don't care. And they don't care. It all of a sudden now you now to work with Draft Digital is is marvelous. It's wonderful. Um, in the future, I will probably use them and not Smashwords. But what happened was my books on Smashwords started taking off, and. I'm kind of like, you know what? This boat is sailing. I don't but don't think you think I wanna... it's just, don't you think it's from the, but but don't you think it's because I think there's a place there on draft two where you can it says you can even put the links down to where your other books are. I think so. Well, and that's because I, yeah, I don't know. Problem when they'll publish them, you know, like Barnes and Noble, I think will only allow one store, one distributor to have your link on their store. So yeah. because I had Smashwords out there, they discontinued the draft to digital when I tried to publish it. But I didn't want to pull down the other one because it's doing so well. So yeah. I just left things alone um, because, you know what, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So Right, exactly. It, it does get confusing, though. I think there's so much out there now. There's a lot out there. For the momentum. You know, it takes a while for your momentum to build no matter where you are. And, you know, I just finally kind of hit that hot spot, so I'm just letting it fly. And then yeah. maybe in the future, any new books, you know, that I decide to do, I will yeah. put on draft to digital the Smashwords. Because Smashwords is a little harder to work with. I don't disagree with that. Um, but like I say, I was, you know, I'm kind of on a roll. So I just, I just sort of left it alone. Right, because Smashwords goes to libraries and different things. It, you know, it's a very right. – um, the the whole market – you know, we could we could have another show about that. I'm just bringing that up because it's really it's uh, it's a very difficult market and it's very hard to market your books well in this kind of market because there's so many different places to go and unfortunately some of the people don't know how to do some of these things and that is an issue because I think everybody goes to Amazon because they think it's easiest and in a lot of ways it is but. I don't know that, you know, I think the erotic market, I think that's taking a turn on there because I think um, 
you know, they're tough even with their audiobooks on the words you use because uh, my guilty pleasures, she had to change the, uh, you know, when they have a preview of it, some of uh-huh. the words she had to make another preview because the, huh. of the words used. I haven't I haven't done anything with my erotic romance in um in audio I it's right. something that I don't think I will because my my supernatural suspense even though it does have um heavy duty sex in it the sex is a natural coming together of the hero and the heroine in my book yeah. uh in yeah. all my books um it's not just sex on a page for sex on a page um and I try yeah. not to in yeah, my I, I'm done well, right I after what I've been through and what I've learned and whatever I'm I'm done I will do sexy scenes but not not anything that would be called erotic anymore because I'm yeah. that's it for me because I think I, don't, I no. think I think it's I think no matter what people say it is uh, troublesome to a lot of people and I'm a children's author I have Kelly knows I have gone back and forth and um, with my children's books and changing my sites and changing my names and it, it's insane you know, um, yeah. it's really hard to do because, Well, I published you know, under my own name, so, you know, yeah. it, 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 maybe that was, in hindsight, I think that was probably... It didn't help either way. Probably- it doesn't, it, right, it wasn't, I changed my names many times. It ends up, they find who you, because, you. well, maybe people that don't, I, I'm out there a lot because I have radio shows and, you know, there's a lot on me out there, so it seems to catch up somewhere. So whatever I've done now, it's it still, so it is. And I'm not really ashamed of the books because my books aren't that sexy. In fact, on one UK book, they said it wasn't sexy enough. And I, like I mentioned this last week, I go, this is great. I said, thank goodness. If you don't think it, then I don't have to keep saying it because, you know, it wasn't, it's not for me. I, sexy romance is fine. But I think once you start using certain words, I think in audibles, I know this already. They're not thrilled. So still, my guilty pleasures is not out there rechecking it. I don't know. They said it's approved, so we'll see how this goes. Well, there are plenty. I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey is inaudible, so if they if that I know audible, that. I know that, but maybe know. now it might be different because sometimes they change their thinking. So, but I, I don't I know. Haven't decided, I haven't decided to do any of that. I mean, because in my in my supernatural suspense, my supernatural suspense, there's there is sex. It's graphic, but the wording that I use is not, um, it's not over the top. You know, it's, yeah, mine it's not really isn't. I, I honestly, mine aren't really over the top or anything. So I, you know, that's why I. But I, that's just my decision. What I made, you know, I'm just writing my story for story. And I know what you were just saying, putting sex on a page, but it does sell for some people. It's not. It's not my market, I don't think. I think, you know, I I think I enjoyed it. It was fun, but I think, well, you know. It depends on it, how it's done, you know. And, and right, exactly, it, right, right. And mine it, was not it, that hot. I can tell you, you that know, it wasn't. Because even with the with the sassy uh, the sassy books, because uh, you know the sassy ever after you know is in Millie Tayden's world, and Millie Tayden is an erotic romance author, a paranormal mm-hmm. romance author. Um, her books are very very sexy, very very sexy, and so I had to you know fill those shoes and uh, or and uh, anyway, uh, it wasn't that you know it wasn't that hard to do. As long as it stayed in the parameters that I set for myself, that it has yeah. to be a natural coming, natural coming together of a hero and a heroine, and it is a yeah. love story. You know, it's it's not just a you know wham bam thank you ma'am type of a thing. And and right. I am I'm okay I'm okay with that, and my readers are okay with it. Uh, I've only had one person in all the years that I have been writing ever call my books pornography, and I think it's probably <laughs> because it's somebody who, you know, had some issues of her own. So. But, uh, you know, God bless no, I'm her. Not. I, I, you know. I, I'm knowing me already. If someone said that, I'd be taking my – well, Kelly knows. I'd probably take it off and do it again. She knows, no. right? I mean, you know, I, I would. You know, I, and I usually don't – I don't so. always care what people think, but I, you know, I want my readers to be happy with what I wrote, you know. So uh, And so luckily I haven't had any problem. And, you know, shockingly enough, when you do write an erotic book and people are just – you know, I find it interesting when they just write a review and they never mention the sex. They just like the story. So I guess that that's a good thing. I mean, I, you know, I'm happy with that. My litmus unless test it's that, your, unless it's your ahead, father Kelly, reading I said, oh, unless it's your father reading I've had my father tell, read it, and I, my father, you know, he actually wanted to have a conversation about it. I was like, da, 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 but you're bleeding. No. The first book I ever wrote and had published was Sealed in Lies, and it's a 
more of a thriller, more of a it's I guess it's romantic suspense really if you if you have to categorize it that way. But it's um and it's the coming together of, you know, of a hero a hero and a heroine, but it's not I mean it's not super graphic, but hey, you you have no doubt what's going on. And I sent it to my father as a Father's Day gift and I said, you know, let me know what you think. Well he calls me up. <laughs> he says, Hey, he said, You know, he said, that's a really good story. He said, it's a really good plot. He said, but um, why would you have to put all that sex in it? And then he, and he paused. And I'm thinking, okay, how do I answer this question? And then he said, well, your publisher probably made you do that, didn't they? And I went, yes. Yes, they did. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Liar, liar. It is a different market. It's things, you know, look, it sounds to me like all of us have pushed us ourselves to levels that we didn't, you know, and it's, and it's fun. That's the fun of this. That's why we can have a discussion about this because we haven't stayed the same exactly. And that's really, for a writer, that's important that you don't exactly, you know, you're not going to write the same thing all the time. You're going to have, you know, some books that are different, you, you know. Stretch your, you know, stretch your wings, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Flex your muscle and learn. Yes, and, I have done that. You know, I have done that for myself. And, I, I, you know, look at I mean, and we're all, mm-hmm. you know, we're all authors. We could talk about this. And I do. And I think one of the good things about shows is that we all do talk about this. So some of the things that, you know, might bother us or might hear somebody else say, it helps you know, for authors to hear what other authors go through and go, you know what, that happened to me, or, you know, I'm happy about this, or, you know, I can keep going, and that's the one thing. You know, we should give, um, the hour's almost up, believe it or not, but um, we should do this again really soon. But, I, you know, I want to say one thing that I, I've mentioned the other – I mentioned this last week, which is kind of hope for authors. I don't know if anybody watches um, Joan and Betty, uh, the series, um, mm-hmm. about Joan Crawford. Yep. Okay. Well, Joan I love Crawford it. and Betty Davis. Oh my God, I love it. Anyway, because Joan Crawford, as everybody knows, is my idol. I, I just love her. She's the inner part of me that makes me, you know, tougher. <laughs> I go, what would Joan do? <laughs> but anyway, so um, the one thing I thought was very interesting in Baby Jane was they couldn't find roles for themselves, the two of them, and um, um. They went to the library. Well, actually, she had her maid go. Joan had her maid go, and she went to find a book, Baby Jane. And that's how the movie became, a movie. And so it's kind of hope for authors that you never know what's going to happen. Somebody could find your book and go, that you can, they like it, and they're going to make it into a movie. That's really well, possible. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I do. I do. Betty, Listen, I Betty love Davis? Joan Crawford. I like Betty Betty Davis. You know, I I just I think they're really good for authors to look at and to watch some of these uh, stories because you know some of the old movies they're not that complicated, but they're so emotional and characters really get to show a lot about themselves when they're doing them. I, I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why a lot of the older stations like the TNTs, I mean, they're popular now because mm-hmm. people get to see some of these movies. You know, I don't know that some of the movies now will ever make it to, like, people watching it 50 years from now. This is not going to happen, I don't think. Of course think. they will. Of course they will. Uh, some of them will. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We won't be, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but, you know, um, I love movies. So I think that, you know, I see that when I write, you know, and I think that, you know, it sounds to me like both of you, you know, have done a lot of different things. So this is very, you know, exciting to hear how much you've done. And you haven't been doing this for like 50 years. So it's so exciting. I mean, that you've accomplished so much. Well, you got to, you have to, you have to stay edgy and you have to, you have to uh, push yourself past your comfort zone because yeah. the minute you get complacent, and then in the other other vein, the minute that you start thinking that you're all that, forget it. You yeah. lose your yeah, edge, yeah. yeah. and then exactly. and, and it comes yeah. through when you're writing. Right. It does. It comes right. through when you're writing. It comes through when you when you meet and greet your readers. I mean, you know how many yeah. authors that because Kelly and I have been at conventions together. You know how many authors go to conventions and they can't be bothered to talk to their to their their readership to engage with their readership to hear what well, they have horrible. to say. Or even to think every, every author. It's so that's exciting when someone comes up to you and talks about your book and your characters. Oh my God! It's like they see oh, what you wonderful. saw. I think yeah. it's really exciting. You know. Yeah, the best yeah, thing but, is well, when they seek yeah. you out. You know, like you're you're at these conventions and 
somebody comes up to your table and they're like, oh, I've been looking for you. I am so excited. (laughs) That's a good thing. She's like slapped her hands on the table and screams out, that's the best GD book I've ever read. And I was like, holy cow. Yep. <laughs> so they're exciting. I mean, not yeah, quite like that, but, but thank yep. you. But it's exciting, yep. you know. But yep. by talking to you both, yeah. I can see this because you both are interested in, you're, you're like enjoying what you do. And this is the this is the thing. Well, I truly good. believe in fun, as we all know. I've done these shows for years. And so, I, I mean, I I say fun first, you know. I love it when people enjoy it. I mean, and it seems like you two do, which is a very good thing. You're not just well, in doing our it world, to do it. In our world, readers rule, and they rock as far yep. as I'm right. concerned. They, they do. do. You Absolutely. Know, I just, you know, especially, especially the career readers, the ones who really, truly want to find new voices, and, they, and then once they find a book that they love and they read the other, the other books in your series yeah. or they go on to your other, and they become, they, they not only become fans, but a lot of times they connect with you on Facebook and through social media, which before you were never able to do. It's a whole brave new world. Right. Well, that, that's and right. That's, that's, the really, that's the interesting part of this whole thing is great because, you know, like as we talk right now, I mean, because being on radio shows for seven years, that's how I found it from, uh, you know, I got asked to do a show from Red River and that was from Facebook. So I think, yes, Facebook and Twitter, you know, they have issues, but this is the best thing is that you can meet people you have never, you would never be meeting because we're all in different places. So I think my street team is great. uh, My street team is across the, across the the globe. I have members that come from, you know, from Australia and from Scotland and from, you know, from India and so forth. And it's just, I That's the most wonderful part of it all. So, I, well, it. as we end this show, I want you both to say your websites. And uh, I hope you'll both come on. Maybe we'll do another show in another month or so with the two of us on, the three of us on, you know, because it's kind of an interesting, you know, we're all on the same wavelength here. And it's kind of interesting to hear everybody's <laughs> thoughts on writing, you know, and, and how they feel about the readers, which we know we care about a lot. I'd so love the, to you know, one on, on marketing to audiobooks. I would love to do one on that because well, it's, all right, it's that's kind a good of idea because I am always you know? you know, that is a tough one. <laughs> that yep. is really mm-hmm. tough. So yes, I will definitely. All right, I'm writing this down. We'll do this maybe next month. I, I, I think it's hard. All right, anyway. All right, so Marianne, give your website and where they could find you. Kelly. Marianne, Kelly, either one. Oh, oh me. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, you. Sorry. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> Okay. Me? You talking to me? Yeah. No. Uh, yep. I I am <laughs> talking to you. Is this taxi driver? Whatever. <laughs> is it, my name is Marianne Morea, and you can find me at www.mariannemorea.com, and or on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, you can reach out to me. Send me a message. I I love talking to readers, and uh, you rock. I wouldn't be living my dream if uh, if we didn't have you guys. So that's, that's I hope we hear sure. from you. That's exactly the way I feel. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly the way I feel. Me too. Um, I love and it. my website is www.kellyable.com, and you can pretty much Google me. I'll pop up, you know, <laughs> pretty much anywhere. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, and I would love to connect with readers as well. I, I like I'd like nothing better than talking about books and movies and whether they're mine or not. You know, I just right, really too. enjoy talking about Right, them, right. Talking we could do a show books. one time on movies because I do love to talk about movies. And I'm uh, Marsha Cook, MarshaCasperCook.com. And uh, we will have this again. And, you know, uh, you will, can go to World of Ink Network. And these shows are always on. These are, you know, the link is good for so far, all my shows for seven years are somewhere out there. And I will say about both of you ladies, you're great. And I will say one thing, you are out there because when you look up people, and you, you, that's how you know how much work you've done because it's not that easy to get mm-hmm. that, where you look up somebody and there's a lot on them. So that does take work. And that would be a good thing to talk about along with the marketing, you know, from with both of you because I know I know Kelly for sure markets a lot, and I, Marianne, I saw all your things, and you are out there. So I know both of you Thank do. Thank you. It's hard. <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> it's, well, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think <laughs> I, I know this is it's in my sleep. All right, thank you, ladies, and thank you all for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Virginia and I are so happy with the way World of Ink has gone for the last seven years, and thank you all, and good night.
Good night, Marcia. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.